some say where you know blockchain is is the internet in 1994, where there's some some promising green shoots, um, and 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 a viewpoint on how it might be enormously disruptive. But that that road to get there is going to have lots of twists and turns in it. I'm Conrad Chua, and welcome to this episode of Changing Careers, where I talk about how. MBA careers are changing, and how MBAs can change their careers. You just heard Richard Stockley, IBM's head of blockchain for UK and Ireland. I had a fascinating discussion with him about blockchain, and I started off by asking him, "Just what is blockchain?" So, blockchain at its core is a, is a technology that enables trust and transparency along a business network. Now, here I'm talking about blockchain, the technology, distinct from Bitcoin, the the, the commodity. Uh, or the crypto on top of that, the blockchain is the the technology that underlines that. And we've found in IBM that there's some really interesting business applications for that technology, distinct from cryptocurrencies. In essence, it's all about sharing records. It's a type of way to share records across uh, different participants while maintaining privacy. At the moment, businesses. Manage their asset records in silos, so that's quite expensive and and relatively inefficient because each business needs to maintain and update their own records. Uh, it's also very vulnerable, you know, if there's fraud or cyber attacks or simple mistakes. If there are differences in the record between participant A and participant B, understanding who has the correct ledger is often time-consuming and costly. By having a shared version of the truth and having governance associated with What it takes, what constitutes a new entry in that, all the participants can have confidence that they're working from the same the same ledger. How is privacy maintained if everyone can see all the all the transactions? So everyone can't see all the transactions, but all the transactions are kept in the same place. So everyone has a record of all transactions, however they are encrypted. And this is where it comes back to the block and the chain, which the name comes from. So each transaction that is that is added is appended to the last one, and there's a cryptographic uh, algorithm, which means that I cannot go back to a transaction that was done in the past and change that. If I do do that, it'll have a knock-on effect down the chain, as it were, because all the transactions are are, are connected. And the system will very easily recognize that there's been a problem. So that enables that finality. So you cannot change records. There's no single point of failure. The way privacy is maintained is you need certain access rights in order to see the tra- see the transactions that are pertinent to you. Real advantage of this is that you could be on a blockchain network with your competitor. And you could set it up and set up the governance structure so that I could see the the price and the transactions that are associated with me, but my com- competitor cannot see those same ones. So, Richard, could you give us an example of how blockchain has been used in a particular industry? So, I guess an an example of that, where uh, where which is which is easy to conceptualize. Is if you think about buying diamonds in a in a retail store, there's a big movement now to make sure that the diamonds that you buy are ethically sourced, that are not come from conflict areas. So, how can I, as a consumer, be sure that that diamond is ethically sourced? Well, the supply chain from getting that diamond from the mine to 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 the shop that I'm buying it from is very very complex. It spans across geographies. It spans across sectors. 
So blockchain is a way that those participants on that value chain can all share a shared ledger which can track the provenance of that diamond as it's mined in, uh, in the country it is sourced all the way through where it's polished and cut and eventually sold as a piece of jewelry. And there's also an interesting application of what's called smart contracts where, where business logic can be inserted so that transactions can be executed uh, when certain criteria are met. So think about that as sort of, you know, if the goods arrive in a warehouse, then the invoice to that goods can be paid. Richard, that's a fascinating example. But it seems like blockchain has the greatest potential to disrupt B2B sort of transactions. Could you give us another example of that? Um, I guess one example is global trade. It's $1.8 trillion a year. And much of this is administration costs as, as, as goods move across ports and between ports and customs and customs to logistics uh, suppliers. So a shipment from East Africa to Rotterdam, it was estimated that 20% of that transportation cost is in administration, you know, non-durable cost associated with moving that good. So by having a way where information can be efficiently shared between the participants in that supply chain, it can drastically reduce the costs and make that supply chain vastly more efficient. And what application of blockchain are you most excited by at the moment? I, I guess I'm, I'm most interested in the work we're doing uh, with identity. Your identity as a person is manifested in, in various different ways. You obviously have a whole bunch of government-issued uh, identity documents that describe who you are. You have a, a social media identity. Uh, you, you may have uh, information that's contained in, in, in different services. So and that, that identity has, uh, has value. Um, you know, Facebook makes $15 per quarter of every North American user. So there is, there, is, there is value to that. And also, we also find that we needlessly give away data when we try and access services. You know, if you think about it, when you go to a bank and want to open a bank account, they often need two versions of, uh, of, of ID and a copy of your, your utility bill. Now, you're giving away a, a lot of data that they don't, actually, they don't actually need. All they need to know is they need to know that you have uh, an address, that you're hooked up to a utility supplier, so presumably you have a means of, means of paying that, and that you, you are who you say you are. Uh, all the other peripheral data around that is not required for their transaction. So there's a there's a way you with using blockchain that you can put the control of data back into the hands of the consumer. So you can essentially share data with service providers, um, and only the data they require for the execution of those services. And you can also revoke that. I think that's really a, a really powerful um, a powerful application of blockchain where uh, these honeypots of data being, um, uh, being accumulated by, by different parties uh, uh, can be now managed by the consumer um, and potentially monetized by the consumer as well. So Richard, what's your advice for companies who are thinking of adopting blockchain? Look, I'm, I'm very fortunate in my position that, that I get to talk to all sorts of different companies about how, how they apply blockchain. Um, blockchain has a, a certain degree of, of hype around it at the moment. Um, and it's, it's really my job to, to be able to talk to businesses and educate them on, okay, where can blockchain, where is a blockchain a good application? And where can a, uh, a distributed database or, or, or other solution be more appropriate? 
because um, blockchain isn't always the always the answer. Um, blockchain has a very strong use case when there's trust elements involved or a, or a transparency and traceability element that is required. Um, so the first advice I give is to, is to look at your business network, look at your supply chain or your industry and find out where there are misalignment of trust or aspects of trust where either middlemen are, uh, are operating which facilitate that trust, sort of either carrying risk for a certain amount of time or providing a service that, again, doesn't add a, a durable value to that asset. And that potentially could be a good use case for where blockchain can be applied. Um, so thinking about it, you can think up and down your supply chain. So think about um, a good example is, is media and advertising. So brand, I, I want to I uh, put some digital advertising on, on the web. And I, the supply chain to make that happen is very, very long and very, very complicated. And at the end of the day, I'm not really sure as a brand, although I'm told that 10,000 people saw an impression of my ad, how can I actually be sure of that? That's, that's, that's really, uh, that's a tough one. So you look up and down and see where those, that, those trust elements uh, exist. And the other, the other way to look at it is horizontally in a sector. So look at yourself and your competitors. Where are you burdened with, with cost that the whole industry could benefit from, from making that uh, more efficient. So think about uh, know your customer or other regulatory requirements in the financial sector. All, all the market participants are burdened with the, same, with the same tax, with the same requirements. Maybe blockchain can be used to share data in such a way that gives visibility to the regulator um, or, or, uh, or sharing data between participants, um, which, which makes that cost um, a lot less. So that, that benefits the entire sector. I think also you should determine whether you as your own business can implement blockchain yourself or whether you need to participate with others. Blockchain is a, is a team sport. And the way I look at this, and I, I harken back to my MBA days here and Porter's five forces, is if you look at the strength you have in your supply chain, if you exert significant influence down your supply chain, there's a high likelihood that you can implement blockchain on your own because you can develop this new way of doing business and then tell your suppliers, this is now how you do business with me and this is the way you interact with me. If you work in an industry where you do not have the influence over your supply chain, so maybe it's very fragmented, you are more likely to have to participate with others and get around the table with potentially your competitors. And we've seen some great examples of this where natural competitors have sat around a table and said, you know what, if we do this with blockchain, we can both um, uh, minimize our costs of doing, doing something, access new markets, um, and still maintain our, our privacy and security and independence. Once you understand the, the, the basics of blockchain and what it can do, it's relatively easy to envisage what the future may look like. You know, this, the glorious future where um, there's multiple blockchains that all interact with each other and capital and insurance and risk is commoditized and you have self-fulfilling markets and sensors that exchange data for different cryptocurrencies and all these wonderful things. Um, given the maturity of the technology at the moment and where we are, you know that that's a that's a that is some distance off. It's understanding. Okay, what what do I do tomorrow? How can I both be on the right track to to capture the full value of that when it when it eventually comes, but but also um, extract value now? What what are the what are the key steps that I can do?
Do you think blockchain will have an impact on the type of work or roles that MBAs typically look for after they graduate? If blockchain scales the way it is expected to, and I, I, I hope it does, um, agencies that don't add durable value are at risk of being disintermediated because their services will be commoditized by by a, by a proliferation of blockchain and be able to see transparency and lowering, lowering risk. So I think, I think understanding and targeting companies to work for that add durable value is going to be, is going to be important. What, what is durable value? I like to think of it as if there's a middleman who, who does, not, uh, does not add anything to the product but administers the exchange of that product i don't see that i see that as non-durable value so it's either putting people together so matchmaking um it's holding risk for a certain period of time and then and then and then relinquishing that risk um or or enabling trust so in business you often you always know who you're doing business with but you don't necessarily trust them so that's why you have intermediaries to facilitate that trust between it whether they're banking institutions or or uh, or, or whatever so they don't add durable value however they are important to facilitating that trust and and making the machine of trade go that has a potential to be to be to be significantly disrupted, or at least commoditized in in a in a in a scenario where blockchain becomes uh, becomes mainstream. So, Richard, given how cutting edge blockchain technology is, um, many MBAs, I think, even those who have a deep technical background, wouldn't have studied this before. Um, how can MBAs prepare themselves for roles that may involve blockchain? I think it's understanding the the potential for how blockchain might disrupt industries. Some say where you know blockchain is is the internet in 1994, where there's some some promising green shoots, um, and 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 a viewpoint on how it might be enormously disruptive. But that that road to get there is going to have lots of twists and turns in it, and new ways of 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 driving revenue and value. You know, some of the really interesting discussions that I've been having is about is about monetizing data produced through sensors. So at the moment, you know, IoT uh, becoming more prolific. The, the, that's uh, the Internet, the Internet of, things. of Things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. is um, um, the data that's produced is produced and kept in silos. But imagine having a platform um, based on blockchain where where a sensor's data can be can be traded. Uh, can be sold to people who require that data for insights. You know, there are entire new economies and new, new, new enterprises that, that, that could be harnessed there. I found that discussion with Richard Stockley fascinating. I have to admit that when I was planning for this interview, I was worried that I would not be able to understand the technology of blockchain. But Richard showed that while the technology is important to provide trust and security in transactions, it is really the business case that is key. And that for MBAs, it isn't about learning the technology that will prepare your career for the impact of blockchain, but it is understanding whether your company provides durable value, which I found to be a useful concept. This idea that if your company does not add anything to the product, but administers the exchange of that product, then it has non-durable value and has potential to be disrupted. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast 
via iTunes to receive all our future shows. And if you could leave a rating, that would be great because it will help others discover this show. Till next time, this is Conrad Chua on Changing Careers.